recording. Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, Hello. I'm Theo Black. And I'm Sarah Black. And uh, here we are. It's November 1st, but we're finishing up our October stuff. We're going out a little bit on a whimper here, I think. Um, well, we didn't. Cut. What? I... <laughs> Did I say a bad thing? <laughs> Well, I just think the whimper was more like d- diary and land than. I... Gosh, okay, let's let's hear it then about this one. So you so really watched... didn't like the two thousand and four Dawn of the Dead. Nope. I mean, I, it's a better made movie than those movies, but it was way less interesting to me. <laughs> God, nothing, nothing tops Land of the Dead for like, please make this stop happening to, to me. For me, uh, th- this was my that one. This was like partway through Dawn of the Dead. Uh, spoilers on this movie, by the way. We're gonna spoil. So this is the two thousand four Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. However, we will pro- likely also be uh, uh, um, spoiling. spoiling many other movies anything that are related to the george romero series and maybe even you know who knows anyways yeah no i like halfway through this movie i checked out i was like i can't handle this i hate these close-ups i hated everything about the way no that's not true i was really annoyed by all these hey look at this shell from this gun hit the ground thanks Zack snyder i don't <laughs> care yes anyways. Okay, so Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 version, is um, the zombie apocalypse hits and people retreat to a mall. It is the same story and yet different. And so I guess I'm going to start this off because Theo hated it. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I didn't hate it, but, but I was very nice. I would easily watch it before watching Land of the Dead ever again. Uh, there were p- different kinds of people in it. I could tell the characters apart. Um, it, it had that over diary and and land for sure. Um, so what I want to say about this movie is that it worked for me when it was an action film, which is funny because I'm not big on action films. It didn't work for me when it was trying to be a horror film and it was trying to be both at the same time and that was a problem. I like the whole opening sequence. I like the bit where she's standing outside her house and she sees like people running in and out and there's a tableau. And then there was this funny moment that to me almost like it's an unfair criticism, except that it like encapsulates a little bit of the problem of the movie to me to a degree. She wakes up after crashing the car, Ving Rhames jams a shotgun in her face and says, say something to prove that she's not a zombie. I understand that shotguns are more close range than like a rifle or a sniper gun but these are fast zombies. Why isn't he standing 20 feet away (laughs) asking her this question? And that goes to kind of, I think what everybody tends to criticize Snyder about, which is looks over substance. Yeah. Um, and, And it's that kind of stupids that the movie is filled with. Like it has Ving Rhames doing the Ken Forey characters, like, you know, my brothers aren't here, but where it's like sad and tragic and slow in the 1978 film, it's more like, but I gotta get to my brothers. Oh no, what's going on with my brothers? And it's like, like, yeah. Ken, Ken Forey makes a choice in the original, not Ken Forey, Ken Forey's character <laughs> makes yeah. a choice in the original Dawn of the Dead to leave with these people because otherwise he'll likely just die. And that's, I think what, I mean, any number of people could make any number of choices, but that's more interesting than sort of 
occasionally being like, I want to see my brothers. And it's just yeah. like, kind of comes off as stupid as opposed yes. to like him being more realistic about it. I don't mind. It would be different if there was one character acting that way, but all the characters are stupid. Right. So then they go to the mall and now that we don't have external action happening, which is what kind of carried the beginning, you know, yeah, lots of zombies and stuff. Yeah, we, do, we do internal conflict and it does not work in this movie. Um, conflict is people yelling at each other. The security guys want to keep the mall to themselves, which for one thing is unrealistic. And for another thing, it's just, it's so unmotivated. And it's worse when later the security guy becomes a good guy. And it's just like, and that's where the movie to me fall. Like, I like that external. The only real horror aspect of the film that I liked is the, the pregnant lady whose baby dies inside of her. So she and the baby become a zombie. Like that is horrifying. That is real horror. But so you have these kind of characters who are at odds because we need conflict in the story, not because there's anything motivating it with the character. And this would be permissible to me if it were a fast moving action film. Same with some of the really dumb dialogue. There's some very, some of Ving Rhames, like I just want to get to my brother. If the movie kept moving like that, I wouldn't care better. as much. Yeah. But the movie yeah. slows down and starts giving you these long, slow indie horror shots that are unjustified by what that movie is because it's trying to be a remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And then, so everybody gets over being aggressive with one another and they start to chill out and because movie, they become friends, I guess. And then they say, you know, we really got to get out of here. And they say that because this is a remake of Dawn of the Dead, not because it makes any sense because in Dawn of the Dead, there were like three of them and you could see they were getting bored out of their minds. They had a helicopter in the 1978 version. In this 2004 version, it's like, there's a bunch of them and they seem to be doing great. So, but yeah. after that, we get back to the action and things are moving again. And suddenly our security guy is a good guy. And I don't know why, but I don't care as much because things are moving. So that was kind of, that's, that's, that's the whole movie to me. It's like, and then, you know, I, they start doing things and they're shooting propane tanks and da, da, da. And do I really like that that much? No, but is that what worked for me? Yes. I, I basically agree with everything you just said. Like, <laughs> I really have very little to say about this movie. And honestly, I even think that in, like, if it were not for the fact that I was so annoyed by this movie, I would probably have liked it more than basically all three of the later um, mm -hmm. Romero movies, even uh, Survival of the Dead, which it probably is more interesting things in it, but it was just looks so bad to me. Um, the thing is, this movie looks better than any of those three movies. It's just mm -hmm. that... It looks better than Land on some level, but you have issues with the filmmaking, it sounds like. I have issues with the choices more than the filmmaking. Like, mm -hmm. like I don't think... like. All three, Survival looks, or um, Land looks the best of the later three Romero movies, but they basically all look bad to me. Mm -hmm. They look digital and they look digital in a way that I don't like. I mm -hmm. think some people are fine with it. So this is personal preference, but it also, a lot of the shots aren't terribly well composed. Like there is good stuff in some of those movies, in those movies, even Land, I think. But it's this movie in Dawn of the Dead, the one we're talking about, there is more style. And I appreciate that Zack Snyder is trying to imbue it with style 
I just don't understand his choices because like well, yeah. here's close like we're in an action scene. Here's a slow-mo close-up of the gun. It's like a video game kind of like we're getting a cutscene in the middle of our action and it just yeah. throws the pacing for me. And the the action is the part and the thing is the action is the part that I liked the most and it annoyed me. <laughs> so Yeah. In in real in like if I'm trying to be a little more, you know, aware of my own self, even though I kind I think I'd put it below all of the other movies we've watched as a part of our like themed, you know, October binge or October um, Romero stuff. Mm -hmm. Even though I liked it the least, it's probably better for basically anyone else than maybe all three of the last Romero movies. Maybe not survival. I don't know. It's a bit of a take your pick your poison kind of thing. All like it. Like all four of them have weird, like they were weird, weirdly fit into different niches. Like this Dawn of the Dead is action horror. Land of the Dead is like action horror, but it's weirdly derivative. Like Dawn of the Dead is derivative of Dawn of the Dead, but it doesn't actually feel necessarily that derivative of anything else. Diary is found footage and survival is like, and is actually doesn't feel derivative like the others do. Anyways, basically... There wasn't a lot to hold on to with the characters. I actually like the characters in Diary of the Dead more. I get your point that they're harder to tell apart because they're all college students, but like you have your the professor in that who's like this weird pompous guy. You have the guy with the camera who has to keep filling the girlfriend who's like trying to get stuff done. Different characters are- uh, you know, And that's we, we, where you stop because you cannot tell any of the other guys apart. <laughs> well, no, you can. So Elliot is the one who's nice and helpful and doesn't really care. There's the guy who wants- who thinks that the guy holding the camera is a jerk. So he's trying to help the girlfriend and actually trying to help them survive. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, these are not deep characters. They are yeah. bad characters. I just think that of the two of them, again, Diary fits have- into an, an interesting, I have, a, I have a thing with Diary and it works for me. I and know. Dawn of the Dead, I just got, it's also like in the original, here's my last point, in the original Dawn of the Dead, Andy, I think it's Andy is the character's name, right? I think that's Ken Forey's friend. Anyways, our first our first guy who dies, like he makes a mistake and he's being too much, right? He's being a yeah. little stupid. He is one character being stupid. Ken Forey and our lady are both more or less competent. And then the other guy is kind of weird. He's, he's a little bit of a douche, but he's not, he's right. not being stupid. He'd be, stu- he, he be stupid. He is stupid later. Right. And that kind of works with the pacing of what the movie's doing. All of the characters in Dawn of the Dead are stupid. Yeah. Like in the new Dawn of the Dead are stupid. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm being a little unfair, but like you're Ty being Bar- a little hyperbolic. I'm being a little hyperbolic, but like Ty Burrell is an asshole. And so he dies after he does assholey things. Like, and, yeah. they, and that is a character thing, you know, I think it's Matt Fewer is, you know, bit on the leg or whatever. And like, so he's just this nice guy who has to die. Like, and then our, our lead nurse lady is nurse lady, you know? And like, she's like I her and her. Her, 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 and and the guy Jack or whatever the guy who was on Medium, like they're the ones who are not stupid, but like yeah. and maybe Ving and Ving Rhames and Andy before he dies, like they're they're not so stupid, but like all the other characters, like Mackay Pfeiffer's character is not telling anyone about his wife, yeah, and like in a movie, if there were one character doing that, I could believe it, like I could get behind it, but there's just too many characters doing stupid things or like kind of are just their stereotype. So it's not any, it's not any worse than Diary or Land. I'm definitely not going to say that, but like, it doesn't, 
it, it it's it, it maybe it's better, but it's not better by better by much to me if it is. Yeah, I, I was so annoyed. I, mean, I was so annoyed we by We just it. have to table the diary verses to a certain extent because I'm going to say yeah, like right now. Diary had a bunch of white 20 year olds and one older guy that you keep naming like that should be something we're really proud of like there's there's like a slightly older white guy. Well, I, I don't mean like, it to sound like I'm proud. Of whereas <laughs> like Diary of Dawn of the no. Dead 2004 has like a pregnant lady and two it has a much better ca- no no the and, cast and all that is much better. No like, I agree like the, there's like, there's more there in that way. Well and that's where if it had just been a straight up to me it almost it. Well, so, okay, to go back a little bit, I think the derivative stuff is definitely wearing on me too. Cause you, you and I don't know if we'd done any different like non-Romero zombie movies, if we'd watched 28 Days Later. I mean, we watched like two non-Romero zombie movies and one of them was really fun because of how different it was. Yeah. Um, but like to a certain degree, these were feeling like superhero films where it's like everyone has to show that the zombie apocalypse has just started. It's like the same, you know, superhero movies get stuck showing the origin story every time. I feel like we get stuck showing the origin story of zombies every time. And it's just yeah. not that interesting. <laughs> like you want, you like do something different with it. Well, like but the then- first three, the first three movies are all the same formula, but they t- twisted it just enough so it doesn't feel that different. And then it again, yeah. and then the derivative feeling in the later three Romero movies, uh, Land, Diary, and Survival, it just, it's like, it suddenly, it just feels like we've seen this already, even though. Well, in both the original Dawn and Day, the zombie apocalypse has already happened and they're dealing with it. And in yeah. Survival, I think as well. Yeah. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's the yeah. National Guard. It's already, they didn't, yeah. st- they kind of reshowed it in Survival, but. Like that's the kind of thing where, so so that just gets inherently boring as far as I can tell. Like no one is is doing anything too interesting with that story right now. And yeah. then, yeah, it, it, Zack Snyder, the writers, whatever, trying to do like Dawn of the Dead, the 78 version has such a specific tone that it felt like for me, it felt like it was going wrong when they tried to match that. And, yeah. and, it, and that happens all the time too though. Like, we were talking about Coraline recently, which is adapted from a book. Like whenever you either remake something, if it's a book or if you're remaking a movie, there's this problem where you hit certain plot beats, but then because you change things, you're no longer motivating them by what happened before. Yeah. It's motivated because it's based on this other thing. Totally. So the, whole, like, the, the whole middle section of the new Dawn of the Dead where they like start to get tired of it, like that's motivated by the first Dawn of the Dead, but it doesn't work in the new one. Like, yeah, and and he, they didn't know how to do character stuff. I mean, so yeah. it it's like you get a montage of music and everybody becomes friends, and yeah. to a degree they do that with with the original, but but there's way more setup and more, and they're there's not more... so aggressively against one another first for movie plot reasons. So yeah. you're not starting. It's more like it's as if Day of the Dead ended with um, Joe Pilato suddenly being a hero. Like it's more like yeah. that in that way. Um, so yeah, I kind of wish they just made it more actiony and not bothered with the. Um, I pretty much agree. It's the characters and the. I mean, it, you know, there's oh. 
Yeah, sorry, the, I remember. I, one I more agree. Thing the I characters, say. the stories, just wasn't really there. I mean, there's worse stuff out there. It just, you know, it was it was fine. It wasn't very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. The action was the best part, and I just wish they'd make different choices with how they were filming the action scenes. And yeah. Well, the other problem that I think you and I have been dancing around a little bit, and it even comes up because we were talking to our father, and he was talking about how desensitized you are and me are compared to him because of just growing up. seeing more stuff the problem with that is that movie makers think that we aren't so you have like scenes where like zombies are getting backed up over with by a car and it just is meaningless almost i mean those are zombies like there isn't much to it whereas when we rewatched or when we watched um the original dawn and day like we appreciated the gore in that because it was so artistically done yeah so i almost wish like people making violent gory films now like it's not shocking to see people die on screen it just yeah. it isn't it, yeah, it i takes... mean either you're the kind of person who who is shocked by that and therefore doesn't want to see it and is not in the audience anyway or you're someone for whom they've seen this 30 times do something don't make it real. Make it look cool. Make it look. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying be... make violence look cool, but you know what I mean. Like, if, if you're doing a zombie movie, make your zombies look interesting. Make their deaths look interesting. Yeah. And I mean, these are also just movies, so we don't need to revel in the violence exactly. But yeah, make it look cool or it depends on the tone of the movie even and i'm i'm thinking specifically of a movie that i don't want to name to spoil anything but there's a movie recently last couple years that came out like it's not unusual to see what happened in that movie but it's all about the setup and about how you get to that spot so it becomes shocking because of the story and just right never have seen it that way yeah uh, we didn't mention two things, one of which is the music, which bothered you and I also didn't care for. Well, that's just because Zack Snyder's use of music has bothered me since Watchmen, which I yeah. guess was probably after this, which is where, I mean, a lot of, um, I really don't like when a montage, yeah, the, that movie's later, but when a, um iconic music of a certain era is used in place of um. I don't know, story. <laughs> yeah. And he did that in Watchmen. And he just did that at the beginning here. And it just, but then also he had metal at the end. It's like the music didn't really match. Like it's, it, it was really like a zombie action film. And then at the end, there's like metal. De- so make the zombies more like death metal. Go make it like that belonged almost with Return of the Living Dead. It was very, very strange choices. But I mean, it was, you know. Yeah, and the one thing I did want to call out that I thought was actually really neat was the Andy character who's, so there's a gun shop like just on the other side of the street down the block from the mall and eventually Ving Rhames, our policeman, becomes friend with Andy because they they're like, basically they have whiteboards and they're using them to like talk to each other and they're like, they're playing chess or, you know, they're so they're talking about eventually they're talking about escaping together and like it's yeah you know it's interesting to sort of and eventually once andy dies like he, he puts it up with blood like he's repeating the motion which yeah. is cool like i wish like i don't need my like we just watched the romero movies there is some social commentary in them of course but he was just making movies and having fun yeah. and it's not that Zack snyder wasn't having fun or any of the people on it working on it weren't having fun but it doesn't it's imbued with this interest in being sharp or cool or edgy or something as opposed to like having fun yeah i agree it's it's weird where like you have 
a moment that's fun, like that gun, the Andy and Ving Rhames character. But then you also have Ty Burrell being an asshole, and I don't but know. then and you also have those long, slow shots, like we're yeah. in um, in a in a more of a horror film, and it just doesn't. There's there's not much there. There is not much there. Sorry, <laughs> and Theo's just, critique of this film involves a long yawn. This is also this is we're filming this November first, which is um fall back or what's it called daylight savings. You should have gotten an extra hour of sleep, is what that means. No, but we were up late watching something, <laughs> so we did. I don't know. Anyways, it's anyway, fine. so I mean, I guess that ends our our zombie binge until. I mean, yeah, do we way, have any closing? Think, we should have some closing thoughts on the whole thing, I guess. I mean, I kind of could, as as bored as I am a little bit with these origin stories. Part of me wishes we were doing another month of it just to get different angle. Like, I wish we were doing twenty eight. These are ones I've seen, but it's been a while. Twenty eight days later, um, the signal, Pontypool, um, yeah. you know, some of these other zombie movies. Well, I want to watch. Kind of compare. I mean, we could uh, we could potentially do that in December. We could potentially just keep watching them and try to talk about them, you know, next month or something. We could add on one of those, you know, every so often, you know. I, I think it's been pretty fun. Like, it's really interesting to see what I'm going to consider the decline in the Romero tri- uh, uh, movies, it's, what, mm-hmm. sextology or whatever, since they're six yeah. I don't know. Like, the decline, like, the first two, in my mind, are the best, even if the first one might be one of the better ones, more for like interesting historical relevance. Mm-hmm. But like, those are the two ones that I like the most and are most interesting. Day is still good. It's, and it's a good, it's a fun movie. It just loses some seam. And then the later three all coming in the 2000s, you know, just really peter out for me. And I have a, a fun way of looking at diary and then land and survival or, you know, survival's got something going on land has ideas that I kind of like, I don't know. It's, it sort of peters out. And, but even, but with all of that, it's, you know, one of my favorites is the return of the living dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is, is not connected to, you know, to George Romero, but was, I think the producer or something anyway. So it's, it's sort of in a, in an alternate universe, you know, we have a multiverse now for, yeah. if we're going to stick with our comic book references. And um, I kind of, I like, I like that, I like the zombie genre and I'm getting more of an appreciation for it. And I'm more curious to go back and see some of the other movies that might've been made about zombies. Like what were some of the copycats of night of living dead that either did it better or worse or more interesting or whatever, you know, I'd be curious to go back to like the seventies or, or, you know, I guess it would be the seventies to see that or because I know there was a resurgence in, you know, with 28 days later and stuff. So that I'd be interested in those two periods kind of to see what, what was going yeah. on. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how many, I know it's not the only one, but I, I don't know how many series are directed by one director that way. But then, you know, part of what I'm curious is to see other people tackle it. Because yeah, Return of the Living Dead was really good because yeah. it was such a different take. Anyway. Yeah, well, and I, there's some more in that series, I think, though, is it looks just from the posters like they become trash, like bad trash real quick. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, shall we move on to yes. the Vampire Lovers? Okay, let's talk about the Vampire Lovers. It's from... 1970. 1970. It is a uh, period horror, a... a, a gothic um horror it was uh it's with studio i think it's like hammers no 
Yes, it is Hammer. Hammer, which uh, they're kind of well known for their sort of... Um, it's a British studio. A British studio that's well known for its horror. Um, and it stars some people, uh, most notably for anybody in our generation would be Peter Cushing, who plays that guy in the first Star Wars movie, um, The New Hope. Uh, Tarkin, I think. Uh, Tarkin? I think it's Tarkin. Anyways, um, and it's... It is actually a part of a subculture or a sub, like the sub thing. So there's apparently, and I don't know a lot about this. I've only heard people reference it in some of the reviews I listened to. There's a movie out right now called Carmilla, which is the same story. It's that's about a woman vampire who goes around preying on young women, which is also basically, that's what the plot of the movie is. Hey there, I did the synopsis of it. Um, and then people have to deal with it and get rid of her anyways. And so, uh, it's actually, there's like a sub there. So I think there've been a number of these versions of movies and like, I think it's been reclaimed by like, I guess the lesbian community or the queer community. I don't know. This is, and so I was kind of curious to watch it for that reason and maybe do some more watching of it just out of curiosity. Cause I don't know, it's an interesting, weird little subculture, but I watched it. Uh, it's because it's on Criterion right now, and I told Sarah to watch it. And apparently, I'm getting a, a, a finger, a, one of these uh, hand signs, as like, well, she didn't hate it, she didn't love it. Maybe it was worth watching. Yeah. So is that kind of what? Uh, I mean, you wanted me to watch it, so it was more. It was something to you. Is it? Is it that lesbian queer aspect of it that drew you in? Is it? It's yeah. So I was curious both just because it's an it's a movie on Criterion and it's so it has some something of note going on there. But then because I also knew that one of the things of note might be the lesbian queer aspect. Also, it was gothic, and it had kind of a it it's, it, it reminded me of um, that movie we watched, The Haunted Palace or something or whatever that no The Haunted whatever that one with Victor Price that's a remake or that's yeah. a version of H.P. Lovecraft. And I kind of, I actually, I enjoy this kind of silly looking gothic, yeah, I mean, like very, period piece movie. Very on a stage. You're in forests that are on a stage. Like, yeah, like I kind yeah. of enjoy that look. There's something, mm -hmm. I guess it's campy. Like there's something yeah, campy about it, it that I like. it made me think of Targets, like the Boris Karloff film and Targets. Yeah, like. yeah. Which could have been made by Hammer, who knows? Uh, yeah. yeah it, it, th those are the reasons, like I personally just, enjoy that style like it so but I, th I thought you particularly would enjoy the gothic aspect and maybe the sort of lesbian queer undertones and I wasn't sure if you knew about the place it has in history as a part of this sort of yeah like it made so I mean coming out of it I had a couple reactions and watching it one was that um made like I feel like we could almost do hammer films and I don't know much about hammer films but like yeah they were very gothic there's something very British about it um even though supposedly it takes place in like Vienna or something like that. It just, yeah. it's, I enjoyed the parts where it felt like a Jane Austen film. I think pure, it's actually earlier time-wise, but you know, it's like people are dancing and having yeah. these conversations and, you know, Gothic horror was big in Jane Austen's time. She made fun of it a few times. So yeah. um, something about like gossip about people who, who are, are you know dark and mysterious and evil i enjoyed that aspect of it you know and i thought about alien prey and just because it had that british of a certain era look sure um, oh spoilers reminder spoilers for this i don't think we actually said that okay. but spoilers yeah um but 
I'm curious what the queer theory on it is because in in some ways I'm sure it's refreshing that there wasn't really it's just like women being close with each other that was not really the issue like not not on the top level of what was going on right that no one no one objected to these women being these close yeah um no one I mean no one really knew what was going on either and yeah. probably would have objected but at the same time, there is something very porn set up about the whole thing where yeah. like Carmilla, who had other names in the movie, would like show up and just walk in and act so strange and just be kind of like staring and and her, you know, beautiful young victim would just kind of be. And it's like you say I like movies where people like act like aliens, but this is like you know, these people are like carrying on their lot British lives. And meanwhile, like this woman in a see-through outfit keeps wandering around staring at the young women who stare back. And it, it just feels like the pizza man has showed up at the front door and she's opened it with no clothes on and now they're going to have sex. <laughs> like, it's just like that. Yeah, I get and, that. And I'm sure there's a refreshing aspect to like, oh, you know, they're just sexual and it's fine. But it's also... Like, I would have liked, like, maybe did she fall in love with the one girl and was going to have trouble killing her? Like, there wasn't much there. <laughs> like, this, so this, she just showed up. Like, she shows up, kills the young woman. She goes on to the next place. The people find her. They kill her. Like, the end. <laughs> like, that was a part of what was so interesting and to lots me of boobs lots of boobs um if you are interested in in the the in, in boobs in boobs you you got them here they're there uh, i base i so sorry were you done i i think so i i agree with you completely a part of what was amusing to me and interesting was that really it is just what it is there isn't a lot there which is not really untrue of like night of the living dead or something like you were just talking about there ends up being stuff with night of the living dead it seems like kind of unintentionally maybe partially intentionally the vampire lovers i think there's a subtext and i think it's probably intentional who knows but at least it seems intentional to me there's a subtext of like oh my god oh no lesbians and it's right. like which just makes me laugh because like, so there was, I was kind of laughing at some of it because like they were just afraid that these young women were going to be turned rotten by this slightly older, mature lesbian woman. Yeah. And it's like, there's probably some bad stuff there, like in terms of like what that was really saying to people of the era. At the same time, it is just so ridiculous and silly. So, like so, the subtext is so ridiculous and silly. The, the, the text of the movie is. And that's, as, I think the text of the movie. And so. You're reminding me, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie was that dance at the very beginning where right. he's like, you know, I really like you because you're not, you know, everybody has their eyes on Carmilla, you know, but you have your eyes on me and she's staring at you. And he's like, no, she's staring at you, the young woman he's with, yeah. dancing with. And that was great. But here's the thing about Gothic. I like Gothic that's aware of, like, where it's like, uh, like a lot of gothic romances, like a woman or a governess shows up, like the innocence, if you ever watched that, turn of this based on turn of the screw, like shows up at a dark, creepy mansion and there's this figure and he's very mysterious and dark and everybody's like, here's his tragic past and here's all the darkness and the weirdness. In this film, it's like, everybody's like, ah, oh, Carmilla's great. This is all wonderful. Our girls keep getting sick. But it's like no one, 
there was none of this like atmosphere because everybody was like, it was like, some kind of British parody where everybody's determined to be polite about the situation. And that's where it wasn't like, it looked gothic, but, and that's where the strangeness was. Cause you've got this like woman. Right. Wandering I didn't around. think about the atmosphere. I thought about this, but I wanted you to try it anyways. And it seems like, it seems like I, I'm, you don't have to like everything I suggest or vice versa, but so this is, this is good. Cause I actually have a thought on this, which is, so you're right. It doesn't have the atmosphere of Gothic or the sort of, uh, they aren't behaving in that sort of, I guess I would say even more stylized, like Gothic way. This reminds me of La Religieuse or The Nun, which is a right. French film. And then a portion of that film is about beauty. And right. to me, that's what's interesting about this yeah. movie. Is it's another one of these like, oh, well, she's beautiful. She must be fine. Yeah. Like, and like, I, if there's no, if there is nothing there ultimately. And that's a part of the problem is it, it just peters out. Like there, yeah. there isn't anything deeper going on really other than the sort of amusing, oh no, lesbian subtext. Yeah. But like, I kind of like the idea anyways, like that, well, she's beautiful. So everything must be fine. Oh, yeah. she's, you know, she's, she's, she's yeah, been husband more... here because her family's having this travesty. She's really sweet with our daughter. She's this really nice person. Like she, the, yeah. she's really nice. Mm -hmm. And also draining the life of these young women. Yeah, and and so that dance moment almost was that moment that I'm talking about, where everybody's kind of got their attention on her. Yeah. And you know, it's it's gothic is really like there's a monster, but you you're drawn to it. And yeah. and in this, it was like nobody was willing to admit that there was a monster around, so it wasn't very like it was like she's they are, really not. But it, it, they they do, but it's sorry. I'm hey, it's do, the pizza it's... man, and the pizza man's just lovely. Like you know. they do eventually figure out there's a monster, but it's like at the end, and we haven't really built to it very well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, so yeah. I mean, I'd I'd more be curious to know more about it. Yeah, if I if I could read some more thoughtful queer cinema critique, you know, what about it? I've besides heard, I think, just I, being fun seeing women relationship and then I, like in in the greater context of the hammer films which i don't know anything about so i can't really get much from there i i uh i would i want to know where this fits in the i think they're like it's like the carmela or carmela mm -hmm. i think is what this is sort of considered to be it's one of these carmela yeah. movies and so I, I would love to even learn if that's true and like where this fits in that and like i know there are supposed to be some really good versions or really fun versions anyways I mean, and there is the version I think that just came out. So, and the, and the HP Lovecraft literary podcast guys have done Carmilla. I may have even listened to it, but I don't remember it very well. Yeah. Um, apparently the actual this... story, because it's based on a story. So they've done the actual text. They've read right. it and talked about it. Right. Yeah. I think this is apparently the first in the Harnstein trilogy is what I'm reading on. Wikipedia so I'd be curious I don't know what that even means I think that's what you're the just dying to know about and that whole thing can I just have a moment for that story go for it so there's a oh. great story that the guy like killed all the vampires but he couldn't find one and this was like 40 years ago so he just like went home like he was just done and so then they're like hey we think she's back and he's like I was looking for her 40 years ago and it just so so it's this weird like you dropped your keys and just stopped looking for them at some point like, but then but also you moved to a new house like you're like yeah. well i can't live there anymore like it's just like the logic of that so yeah and and yeah it just I mean, 
I, I may have liked the camp more than you in, in this particular case, but uh. and it and it hasn't. And just watching this lady just wandering around in her I mean, it is see-through. You see everything yeah. through it. And, and yeah. I mean, you know, I get it, but it was just also like the, the doctor is gonna take her shirt off to like you know, I mean, you give me crap for some of the terrible 80s stuff I like, but this is the, the early 70s version of that, so. I'm turning a leaf on some of the crappy 80s stuff you like, <laughs> like especially because I can't throw any stones considering I like movies like this. Yeah. And really just this movie, it's like, I really, I, I'm, I really doubt that the women in this movie were comfortable showing their boobs as much as they did. Yeah. And that, that makes it kind of icky. Like I'd need, yeah. to, I'd need to look to know for sure. I mean, yeah. at the same time, you know, in this day and age, it's like, no, free the nipple. Let's everybody be naked if they want to, whatever. So yeah. it's like, I kind of just have to shrug and be like, let's make sure in modern day that people are always comfortable with the roles they have. With, yeah. You know. I mean, some people like, like yeah. expo- freeing their nipples. I mean, it's not my thing, but well, I'm not going to. There's a recent movie that where Scarlett Johansson, well, not recent, but in the last decade or so, where Scarlett Johansson is naked and I forget what it's called all of a sudden. It's the sci-fi movie. Um Anyways, and like she, it was something she agreed to do and, you know, she was scared to do it, but she did it anyways. And I don't know, it's, that seems fine. Like it's just something to challenge yourself to do. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wish that's the, were the case with the vampire lovers, but I'm sure it's not. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that sure either way, but it, I understand it's a concern. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's really all we got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. So we ready for our roundup? Yeah, let's do our, our wrap up. Um, should I go first since you've gone first the last few times? Yeah, you go. Okay, so I watched Trog, which I think might actually also be Hammer Films, is the last film that Joan Crawford was in. Mm-hmm. There are different stories as to whether she was, how lucid or not she was on set having to do with alcohol. Mm. Um, and I think she, and then Michael Go or Goh, I don't know how to say his name, but Alfred Pennyworth from the for the he's the one character in all four Batman movies, like the Burton Batman and the Schumacher Batmans. So that was kind of an interesting. Uh, he was interesting to see him, and he plays asshole in that movie. But it was interesting to watch. It is also it's. I might have you watch it because it's kind of so bad it's good. I'm curious if Kirby has ever seen it, huh? but mm-hmm. like it's just kind of a, an amusing, stupid little movie. Like, and the, there's like a guy in this and with an ape suit thing that you see a lot. And apparently it's one of the apes from 2001, um, that opening scene. And so it's like, it's a weird little novelty. So I enjoyed Trog ultimately. It was dumb and bad, but good. Also had some Ray Harryhausen animation in there. Those dinosaurs that show up. Anyways, I watched Trouble in Paradise. That was funny when you asked me if I liked Ray Harryhausen and if I didn't like Ray Harryhausen animation and I was like, I have nothing wrong with the animation. <laughs> just just the movies it's in. I just didn't know if I'd ever <laughs> talk to you about it. So it makes total sense because they really aren't your kind of stories. But like, I really enjoyed um, uh, the, the, the not, not the seven Jason boys. and the Argonauts. Jason, or... Jason and the Argonauts. Like I really enjoyed it. It is totally not your kind of story because it's just like kind of Greek yeah. Roman stuff, you know? But yeah anyways then you and me both watched trouble in paradise with our mother um distant socially distant yes uh and uh i you know it's funny i like ernest ernst lubitsch's humor because i've seen a couple of his other movies mm-hmm. um uh and and but he doesn't his and his films are kind of amusing 
but like Trouble in Paradise is a bit too long. It doesn't ultimately the stories. Work. It's like his humor is good and his filmmaking is good, but the stories don't seem to quite come together. Um, no, but he's I, directing I, I, I haven't watched Ninochka, which I know is the one that like Billy Wilder always held up as being brilliant. So I, I'm curious about that one. Or yeah, I want to watch some more Lubitsch. How to pronounce it. Yeah, I, I want to watch some more Lubitsch because this one just doesn't quite work ultimately. It's I still enjoy sections of it. And there's, in the 30s, there weren't people, people weren't necessarily doing a lot with their camera. Like it's, it was like sitcoms. You set up your camera from this angle and you sort of, Make well, the cameras were huge. Yeah, you can't. They do made as a much. ton of noise. Like they, they had to do. But but Lubitsch has a real thing with like how he does things visually. Like his yeah. visual jokes are really pleasing. Anyways, yeah. I watched The Little Prince, the 1974 version. I'd never read that story. All I can tell you is it's a fever dream. <laughs> it is someone's fever dream. Yeah. There, Bob. Like it is a here. It, Bob Fosse shows up. Um. um What's his name? Mel, not Mel Brooks. Um, Gene Wilder shows up. Oh wait, no, and no, Mel Brooks showed up in the Muppet movie. Anyways, uh, Gene Wilder shows up, um, and it's just like, what is happening? Like, it just makes no sense. And there's some singing and some stuff. Bob Fosse. But I said Bob Fosse. Yeah, and Bob, and it's like Bob Fosse's a snake, and it's like, why are you in this movie, Bob Fosse? Anyways, <laughs> I don't know what I watched. It was it was an experience. Um, then we did Dawn of the Dead. Then I did the Muppet movie, which I'd never actually seen. It turns out I thought I'd seen it, but I'd only seen Manhattan and one of the other ones uh, that's escaping me at the moment. The Muppet movie was fun. I enjoyed the Muppets. It's not as good as the ones that I already know about. Like I think it's their first actual movie. Um, and I'm not sure what of the. I've seen some of them when I was very small. I watched the Muppet Babies TV show. Oh right. Not recall the movies very well. Yeah, I, I definitely I, haven't seen it, any of the, the the ones from the last 30 years. So well, there's some fun, you know, Mel Brooks shows up in the Muppet movie. And then the main guy in the Muppet, the main villain is um, Charles Durning or Dunning. I think it's Durning. He's mm -hmm. was in um, Rescue Me. I think that's firefighter show for mm -hmm. a while. Anyway, so there was some fun stuff in there. And there's some really neat gags and some fun stuff. But at the end mm -hmm. of the day, it was like, ah, it's fun. I like some of the other ones better. And mm -hmm. then I finished off the last two of the Brothers Quay movies that I hadn't seen that were on Criterion, which includes mm -hmm. uh, In, Absentia, In Absentia, which I'd already seen. And it was one of the movies we saw in theaters over at the, um, uh, whenever we saw those Quay movies. I don't remember where that was now. If... That was at the silent movie theater that we that saw was at the silent movie theater? Yeah. yeah. So, and that was, that was cool to see that. And then something called The Phantom Museum, which had all these interesting medical like like medical stuff that was used like an old prosthetic leg or like yeah. these different devices or these dolls where you take them apart and see the organs yeah like that was i've just seen neat. that one i've seen a lot of these i don't remember them very i mean i i and i can't remember the names for that well but. yeah some of the names are difficult anyways it was pretty neat so that's what i saw so now you need now you need to watch all of Stankmeyer stuff Yes, I do. <laughs> he did some full-length movies I've never watched. He did Alice and Little Otik. Yeah. Uh, oh, so my turn. Your turn. So I don't have a ton to report. I started watching for various reasons. I mean, you can ask, but um, I started watching some of the family dramas that Korea makes, and these are like 50 episodes instead of 16, and they're somewhere around like and and i hate like 
trying to compare different countries' media like it's interchangeable. It's not. But there's something almost like a sitcom soap opera. Seem to be lower budget, faster to produce, but not quite like an American soap opera would be. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely, it's interesting to see when they even slow the pace down. And uh, I was even reading a review that talked about like, these are like housework shows, like, and, and partially that's what it is. It's like, oh, it's this character. I don't care as much about this character. Instead of pausing, I'm just gonna like go get a few things done and I'll come back when it's like a different character. Cause yeah. already you have a gist of what the scene's gonna be about. Cause we're gonna go over the same issue like three or four times before we make progress. But that also yeah. feels like somewhat true to life. And you know, the, the things in them that are happening are ridiculous They're in, in on one level where it's like people who pretending to be other people and, and you know, is this my child, is this not? But then you think about all the stuff that DNA is revealing about like, oh, I guess I'm not related to the people. So it, it feel, you know, it's almost like um, Law and Order became funny at a certain point because every serial killer that had ever existed in the world, like, showed up eventually in a law and order episode in new, oh. which takes place in new york so it's like concentrated everything right. in new york like fame all these famous crimes and stuff like that all happen it's that thing it's like it's like the drama that can take place over 10 years in a family's life like let's pretend it all happens over a period of months right and there's also definitely like within there's interesting media hierarchies anyway recently a few months ago, I was listening to my favorite murder ladies get really excited that Emma Thompson was on their show. And the thing is, the my favorite murder ladies are as famous as you could possibly be in podcasting. But a Hollywood, you know, famous actress is still, you know, it's like there's yeah. these weird yeah. hierarchies. of, And so the one of the daytime drama there. And that's where I'm a little confused too, because these these dramas air at different times. So I think what I'm watching now, like a, a week a weekend drama, is different than a daytime. Like there, and I don't know about that because I don't know when these. I could look into it, but I haven't. But yeah. there's definitely the one I'm one of the ones I'm watching now actually has a character who's an actor in it, and like, you know, there's there's things that are more prestigious to be in than other things, kind of, and that's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, anyway, just, you know, those will take me a little bit to get through since they're 50, 50 one hour long episodes. Um, and then I also saw, I watched Lucky Grandma, which was interesting because it's another, um, Asian American experience to the point where you almost wouldn't know that it's not China, except that, um, like, there's the grandma character and all, you know, her kids speak English and Chinese interchangeably and then her grandkid. And then occasionally you see white people, but it's very much in like Chinatown, New York. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm throwing it on the list for you because I think you might like it, but okay. it, it has, it's, it, the, the lucky grandma character is this older, you know, 80 year old, um, woman who kind of gets involved with some um chinese gangs um and interesting they do some good stuff with it but it does kind of um what do i want to say to, to get it to work i feel like 
it does, they aren't quite able to get it to work, <laughs> like, yeah. but it's still really interesting. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Hmm. Yeah. I'll need to and watch that's that. kind of it for me. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I have yeah. nothing. I've been watching some amazing race and Stargate stuff, but I, I don't watch reality TV, but for some reason, amazing race, yeah. I saw an episode and now I'm watching it, but what are we watching in the future? Um, Oh, wait, what am I saying? I know what we're watching um, in I'm the gonna future. I'm going to keep working on the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, right. Let's talk about that for a moment. So um, we're, we're theming our months, you know, from now until we stop. So <laughs> November, yeah. November will be uh, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yes. And um, I've we've both seen some of her films. We both like her. She's a great, great gal. Um, we're going going to go roughly in chronological order. Yeah. Fun at a party. Fun at a party. Um, we're going to go roughly in chronological order, um, though we're going to do a couple of them as a group because I guess we've, we've already, I think basically the ones we've kind of already seen that we're not as in love with, yeah. we're going to do as a group. But otherwise, we're going to be watching Marilyn Monroe, like the Asphalt Jungle and, um, you know, the, the musicals and uh, Niagara. Don't forget to know. Some of the musicals. Bus stop, yeah. Anyways, so uh, we're going to do that. And what are we doing outside of that? Are you watching anything outside of that? I'm going to keep watching what I've been watching. It's my turn to give you a movie, and I think I'm giving you Crimson Peak. You need to. You gave me a gothic movie. I'm going to give you an actual gothic movie to watch. So watch, watch an actual gothic movie. My movie was gothic. It may have been more gothic in the setting than anything else, but it's still gothic. <laughs> So watch Crimson uh, Peak. Maybe I'll right. maybe I'll put that on in the background so that I can remember more than what I remember. Excellent. That's I will I will uh, try and get that. I will get that done this week with any luck. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm watching anything else too much. I mean, I want to watch. I mean, I haven't looked at what's leaving on Criterion, and that'll somewhat dictate what I watch. But I'll also probably try some of those '70s horror and probably some more of the Muppet movies. You know, get through some of those. Cool. That's all I got. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. It's been fun. Have a good day. November. November. Have a good November. All right. Bye. Bye.